Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Hey, this is Luke, and today I'm joined by freshly minted 145-pound featherweight champion of the world for two four-seven fighting championships, John DeJesus. John, welcome to the program. What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Hey, buddy. It's great having you on the show. And uh, I, I like to think of shows a couple days after a fight as sort of an after-action review. You know, you've just, you were just in the cage a couple days ago fighting and defeating Ethan Goss in the second round by strikes. Kind of walk us through maybe, if you can, round by round or how the finish came to be. Walk us through what you thought of your fight and how it went, and then we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. So I show up to the venue. My name's called out. I make my walk to the cage, and as soon as I get in that cage, I look at Ethan Goss, and I never take my eyes off him. I felt like a nervous energy coming from his side, so I just kept the pressure on him, you know what I mean? I kept mm-hmm. on him. The ring started. The, the fight started. I come out with my jab. I put in the land at least 100 jabs to his face. That was the whole yeah. That was the whole game plan going in, you know what I mean? Like a piston. Like a piston, yes. Yes. He's going in, he's a southpaw. I haven't fought many southpaws, but I've Mm -hmm. noticed that all the southpaws I did go against, that jab was money. So I just Mm -hmm. kept going with it, jabs and leg kicks, jabs and leg kicks. I was going to start switching it up a little bit, but I thought that was working plenty, so I just kept pushing with it. Absolutely. And from from my point of view, seeing that the leg kick started – uh, a red welt within maybe two or three leg kicks and started to affect him. Now, you're, you're a southpaw, so some people might not know that listening to this, and you're, you're absolutely correct. Southpaw versus southpaw is pretty rare. Um, and why do you think the jab to a southpaw from a southpaw is so uh, valuable and such a good weapon? A jab to a, from a southpaw to a southpaw is just mm-hmm. like a blinding weapon. When you jab okay. and or, as a southpaw, when you jab a person that's orthodox, their hand mm. is all in the way. They're they're too close for comfort. You know what I mean? Like sure, their jab hands right there, right in front of yours, so you can't really gauge that distance. So if you become mm. a good jabber versus an orthodox, if you're a southpaw, that southpaw versus southpaw, as you can see, it's going to be money. It's even better, right? Absolutely. Right. Um, you mentioned you mentioned your game plan. Um, when did you, and you mentioned that it was working, which it absolutely did. You controlled the fight. You had him on defense, and then obviously you finished in the second round, which we'll get to. Uh, when did you realize that, hey, this game plan is working? Was it because of the jab or you said the kicks? Like, about how far into the fight did you realize, hey, I'm just going to stick with what's working? My thing is, at my gym, I'm used to going with a lot faster dudes. So when I went in yeah. there against Ethan Goss and my jab was working, I felt like my speed was wide speed. Ahead, of, uh, mm-hmm. ahead of his, you know what I mean? So sure. 
I went in there. As soon as I felt my speed overtake everything, I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun night. Absolutely. Great attitude. Great attitude to have. Um, you mentioned your gym and your gym is if it's already not known, which it should be known in Pittsburgh, it's sort of the premier MMA gym in Pittsburgh. It's run by Kama Worthy and other coaches. I don't know everybody's name, but obviously Kama and you. Um, and at, at one point, Cherico uh, was affiliated with that and I think actually owned it. So uh, what do you think makes the academy work? And what do you like about training at the academy? And, uh, and we'll go from there as far as your gym, because you represented the Academy to a hometown crowd very well. People were going nuts throughout your whole fight, your walk in your fight, your win. And obviously the Academy has, has produced and continues to produce great talent. So what is it about the Academy? Well, at the Academy, you got people with the same kind of mindset. We all go in there. We all go in to entertain. We all go in there to fight real fights, not point fight, not lay and pray. Mm but actually go in there and bang. And you got, you know, my boy Kama Worthy, UFC stud mm -hmm. now. You got Dave Sachs as a wrestling coach. He's like, nobody even knows the, the nobody even knows the, the amount of technique and knowledge that he's bringing to the mm -hmm. wrestling game. We have Christopher Williams for our hands as a boxing coach. And we just go in there, man, we work. We work day in and day out. Hard work, sparring days technique days and we're in there grinding every single day and we all that have that same mentality we're in there to kill every time absolutely and that definitely shows and i should have thrown out chaka worthy um i saw him have a spectacular knockout in october um and so all three of you from that gym and probably more are on wins um in your career you have fought I'm going to say everybody, and, and you have fought often, and you fought a bunch. That was your, I guess, 21st or 22nd pro fight, something like that, right around that number. And what is it like to you knowing that you've fought the best and challenged yourself throughout your career? I've been in there. First of all, I've been in this game training-wise for about 11 years now. So okay. I've been in there. I started my career seven years at American Top Team down in Florida. Then I went over to Black Zillions for a good seven, eight months, and now I'm here. I've been around the block, and I've been in all the promotions against all the mm -hmm. fighters. I feel like it's my time. It's, I, I'm ready to shine. I'm ready to belong at the top. Absolutely, and you certainly looked like you had the experience. You've talked about the speed, you know, your, your skill level. I think according to what I saw on Tapology, you're still young at 28. You have a ton of experience. And it's interesting that you won on the same card that Yuri won and Yuri Villefort. And he has a similar, I'm not comparing you guys apples to apples. I'm just saying he's traveled all over the place. He's had a ton of fights and now he feels like he's hitting his prime as well. Do you think it takes, like how long do you think it takes in MMA to, to get to the point where you're firing on all cylinders because there's such a complexity to the sport of MMA. Or I guess I should ask, how long did it take you to get to the point where you would feel like you're, you're at your best? I mean, some guys, it takes a long time. Some guys get mm -hmm. it right away. With sure. me, I felt like it was always a mental thing. I'm finally getting the mental game down. Mm. The technique and ability has always been there. My fast, quick tweets, reflexes are always there. Sure. And on a side note, talking about Yuri Villafort, that was my boy back at Black Zillions. A lot of people oh, don't okay. know that. Him, Jay-Z, Danilo, everybody who was cornering him, I, those, those are my boys from back in the day. 
Well, you, you mentioned Black Zillions, and when when I had talked to Yuri, he mentioned having trained at Black Zillions in Florida, but I just never realized that you guys crossed paths, given the fact that you weren't there that long, but that's great, and shout out to, to Yuri, and obviously his brother opened up a gym in Pittsburgh, and that could be a really cool sort of competitive thing, maybe, between the the new Danilo gym and and the academy, but that's really cool to see to see the Villeforts move into the to Pittsburgh area, but continue on about what you were saying. What do you think it takes? What do you think it takes for it to click? You mentioned that some fighters get it faster. Some fighters get it, it take longer. What, what did it take for you? You said mental. What was it about the mental? To me, to me, it's all experience, man. That's all okay. it is. Being in that cage, being at the gym, going through the grind, going through the experiences. That's what's gotten me better. The mental mm-hmm. game part is just like maybe thinking thinking about the fight too much or maybe thinking too much into it, making it too much of a serious thing. When I go in there, I have a blast. I'm having sure. I'm my life, and that's all it is. As long as I got a smile on my face, it's going to be a good night. Absolutely. And, and that's a great attitude to have that even though you're in there to do a job, you're also having to mix that intensity and job with the fact that you're doing what you love. And that's an interesting right. blend for, for fighters. Um, going into the, the break between the first round and second round, obviously, oh, you know what? Our listeners may not know this. Uh, it was a five, five minute fight. At least it was scheduled. You finished it in the second round. So it never became that. Why sign up for a five, five minute round? That's pretty rare for regional. That's typically at like maybe a UFC level. Why sign up for a five, five minute? Well, one, because I have cardio through the roof and people <laughs> know that. I want to show people that. Two, sure. because my day job, I'm an arborist in my in my day job. So I'm working mm-hmm. 10 hours, 10 hour days, hard work, carrying brush, carrying trees, uh, trees, <laughs> not trees, but, um, carrying, uh, just, just carrying brush, doing the hard work all day long, you know, carrying lumber and everything like that. So I had the cardio for days. I wanted to push that. And two, if he want, if he wanted to get a lucky round in if he say he took me uh, down and get a lucky round and I would have had four to just do my thing. Sure. You know, you bring up something, Champ, that actually uh, Kama pointed out on the commentary, but about a different fight, because uh, obviously he was in your corner. Kama was there in your corner for your fight. But he was mentioning that in MMA, particularly the amateur, where it's only two minutes, sometimes three minutes, that a takedown, as you mentioned, a takedown can kind of be all it takes for a round to slip away. And so it's interesting that you thought, hey, five rounds gives me gives me more wiggle room in case, like you, you're saying, in case you got a lucky round in, then you've got you've got more in the bank that you can that you can work with which is a smart that's a warrior's mindset in your mind that you know you have the cardio to outlast him um when you went into the first round and when you go into any corner what are you looking for your corner i ask this question a lot i've asked um death star this um what are you looking from your corners obviously saturday was a pretty good night all things considered you went into the first round already things were already going in your favor but what are you looking from from your corner for my corners, I'm just looking for them to keep me sharp. If mm, there's something okay. I do that's silly, if I step in the wrong direction, if I start, mm-hmm. you know, telegraphing anything, they'll let me know and I'll hear them because I'm nice. I'm calm in there. It, it ain't like a storm that's going on. Once I'm in there, I'm right. calm. I hear everybody. Mm. So, you know, I go in there and I put in work. Absolutely. Well, and when I've interviewed a lot of people and I've asked about corners and what they can hear, you probably are aware of this, that the vast majority of fighters say, 
you know, that they kind of zone out. It's kind of like you were saying that storm and, and they kind of don't hear anything. It's interesting that with the calmness, with the confidence, with your experience, with your cardio, I think that has a lot to do with your calm. You're able to hear, you're able to, to change what you need to right away in the second round. Um, I think you punched him in, in his in his punch hand in his left hand. Somehow he either broke or, or hurt his hand, um, his left hand, his power hand. Were you aware of that somewhere in the in the first round that that his hand got hurt, or does that not even cross your mind? Yeah, when I was in there and I caught his kick, and I rushed okay. him backwards. Something happened. He either raked it against the fence, or I hit my hands. I'm not. So I've seen the fight multiple times. Right. I saw him in with a pinpoint. It's hard to see it. Right. 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 But once once I did that, I saw him shake his hand. I knew that something was off. I didn't know it was a broken finger or anything like that, though. Right, right. Yeah, that's always that's always interesting from a from an opponent, you know. And I think sometimes when when people get injured, it's hard to not telegraph it. And obviously, I saw him shake his hand and didn't realize what was going on. So you saw that, which is which is pretty great. Now, when the finish came in the second round, um, I'm gonna say I don't know 100% if you took him down. It more just was like he kind of collapsed and you kept barraging him, or do you remember throwing a takedown in there? I haven't been able to rewatch the fight. Or was it more just kind of he fell sort of under the barrage and then you kept? I know it was a strike finish and he kind of covered up and you kept barrage. Do you remember a takedown or was it just all strikes? It was definitely all strikes. I hit okay, him with that nasty yeah. leg kick yeah. to end the sequence and he started limping heavy. I saw it right. in his face. I saw it in his body language. He started limping mm-hmm. very, very heavy. So I went at him, and I got in front of him, and I saw that he was holding. He was using the cage to hold himself up. He right, wasn't even right. any pressure on that leg anymore. So I just teed off. And and I would say from a striker's perspective, when you talk about it, and, and you were very clear that it definitely wasn't a takedown. You just kind of, you know, threw the barrage at him, teed off at him. Uh, how good does that feel when you know – your your damage is all strike related. Not that I'm taking anything away from guys that do a ground and pound or that take somebody down and you mentioned lay and pray. Um, not that I'm trying to take anything away from that, but but how good is it to know that it was all of your weapons that put him on the ground? You didn't hit a shot. Not that that's bad, but it was all of your damage. Is that an extra notch in your belt or, or does it even matter? 100%, man. I was in my okay. close state. And sure. I went in there and I was doing what I love to do, which is bang. You know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. the Taekwondo style. I like the Muay Thai style. Don't get sure. it twisted. I know how to wrestle. I know how to jiu. Of course. As everybody loves to say, I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and I know how to <laughs> use my jiu-jitsu. Trust that. But if you were to ask me 10 times out of 10, what right. do you like to do the most? I'm going to tell you my fists, my elbows, my knees, right. and my shins. Right. I like throwing supermans, and I love throwing head mm-hmm. kicks. Speaking of the head kick, uh, because I, I don't think you attempted a head kick uh, or landed a head kick. W- did that come to mind when he started limping? Obviously, the way you ended it was perfect. He started limping, couldn't really stand it. You were halfway through the second round, just about when the finish came. Um, and so, obviously, your barrage worked. Did it, did it cross your mind, the head kick, since you said you love to throw it? Or were you just going to go in there and finish it the way you did? Do you ever think of, like, an option in a fight and then say, nah, you know what, I got a different plan? Nah, like I said, I was just in my flow state. Whatever well, came to mind, whatever came as my body went, that's what I was sure. to throw. Whatever I felt at the moment. And and describe. I I understand when you're saying your flow, it's sort of a relaxed state where your body's acting more than your brain is. Um, how do you get to a flow state in training, and how do you get to a flow state in fights? Particularly for people who haven't been there and don't know what that that type of state is as a fighter. 
I mean, to each their own is how I feel about okay. it. But the way I the way I get it into it is by landing my my initial my initial strikes in or whatever, and just being calm, just being in okay. there, and being in the moment. You know, doing me, doing what I love sure. to do every single day. Absolutely, it's such a great attitude you have. Now you mentioned rewatching your fight. When you get in a flow state, and you mentioned the fact that you just throw what comes what comes to you. Are there times when you watch the fight and say, "Oh, I didn't realize that was my combo. I didn't realize at the time that that's exactly what I threw." <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. I, well, yeah, I rewatch okay. this. I rewatch yeah. this fight. I'm like, Damn, I should have thrown a knee in there. Damn, okay. I should have thrown a head gotcha. kick in there. You know, but at sure. the time, that's not what I felt. Well, and, and at the same time, when you rewatch, I wasn't just asking about what you could have thrown. Were you, is it kind of surprising sometimes what you did throw? You're like, man, that was sweet because you were in that flow state as far as a combo that worked. Because obviously there's nothing to take away from your fight. Right. I remember everything like it was last night. You know, I'm okay. meant to do gotcha. what I'm meant to do in there, you know. Sure. It's not like well, a perfect. third body experience right. to where I'm not really sure about what I'm doing. I'm in there with uh, with some intent to do what gotcha. I do, and I'm very, very mindful of what I do. Well, that's a great word to use when you talk about uh, doing anything in life mindful, meaning you're present, you're focused, you're connected. It's not like it's just willy-nilly or you're just making it up. There's a purpose for everything you do, which is wonderful. Here you are just a couple of days after your fight. Um, obviously, big win, um, title fight for 247. So right now, Kama has the 155-pound bout, although he's in the UFC. You have the 145 pound belt. Um, wh- where are you? Where are you now? As far as physically, I, I I don't know. You know how you're feeling after it. Are you back to training? And kind of where do you want? Where do you want to aim for now? I know holidays are coming up. Do you train through them? Are you taking a break? Kind of wh- how is it to be you just a couple of days after the fight? Well, I'm just you know relaxing. I'm still going to, I always take a week off right after the fight. Okay. I always take a week off to just relax my body. You never know what's tense, what's hurt, what's mm-hmm. not, you know, after a few days of the fight. But I just relax, take a week off. And then after this week, I'm going to go back to the gym. Like it's, you know, another normal Monday. Okay. Uh, and as far as my future goes, I don't know, man. I, I just want to bang, you know, the fan bang and make it to the UFC or Bellator. That's where I belong. Well, that's a very, that's a very uh, good future goal to have. And I do think, as you've said, I do believe you belong there. You demonstrated your skills and your weapons beautifully, as you said, cerebrally, some might even say surgically, you know, like you're, you're your own type of surgeon in, in a fight. You have to decide what you're going to do and when to do it and the timing and the accuracy, as you mentioned, uh, your, your jab and all of your, all of your weapons and, and obviously keep focused. I did just look, Tapology has you ranked third in the state of Pennsylvania, not that that matters much, but, but it is cool to see uh, the recognition come from, from your fight and your win and your experience and your record. Just all great stuff. Um, that's a great, that's a great mindset to have. I would love to kind of see where your future goes. I think two, four, seven and me selfishly would love to see you get another, another fight with two, four, seven, maybe to defend about and do some stuff there because it's local and you're fighting in Pittsburgh. But obviously I think UFC and Bellator, uh, would be really blessed to have you. UFC is already seeing what Kama did in the UFC with his fantastic knockout, and you're obviously um, different than Kama. We want to be clear, you're not Kama, but you come from the gym, and you're your own weapon and your own destroyer. Um, I guess I'll say 
how would you like to end it? If, if, do you want to end on thank yous? Do you want to end on what you, what you just said, which was about where you want to be in the future? What, what do you think you still want to say out there as we wrap this up? As we wrap this up, man, I want to mm-hmm. let everybody know I've been in this game for over a decade and I belong at that number one spot. Everywhere I go, I'm going for that number one spot, whether that be regional, regional, okay. whether that be national, whether that be world, whatever it is, I'm going for that number one spot, and that's mm-hmm. where I belong. Well, you absolutely do belong at the number one spot, champ, and I'm glad that's your perspective and your focus and your goal. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Best wishes to you. Can't wait to see you fight again. Thank you, man.